Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, I have with me uh, Cameo Anders. She is the uh, Director of Estate Planning and In-House Counsel for the Catholic Community Foundation for Eastern South Dakota. She's coming in to talk about estate planning, um, end-of-life planning, uh, tell us a little bit about herself since she is fairly new to the foundation and chancery offices. So she is quite interesting, and I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have some biblical bites with Dr. B. I have a question about the interview. Dr. B. Hello. Hi. Oh, you're doing every new Dr. jingle every every week. We're gonna get a new. We're gonna get one sooner or later. Okay, Bill will like, be like, she's yes. forcing me. Forcing me. <laughs> um, since I know we have a little bit extra time, I have a yeah. question about the interview. Why should I listen? Why should I stick around and listen? Um, she really has a great way of explaining a couple of things: how faith and your kind of planning go hand in hand. How you should be thinking about those things. Mm. And that um, it doesn't really matter how much money you have. You can start that at any time with just a little teeny amount of money to plan how you're going to use your faith to plan your financial life. Okay. So. Great. Good stuff. That is, that is, okay, thank you. That's compelling. Sure. Well done. I don't know if it's compelling, but it was good. It was fun. I thought it was, <laughs> I, I found it at least mildly compelling. Okay. <laughs> Mildly. I, well, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to listen now. Okay, good. Because I haven't heard it yet. Yes, you know. that's very true. So, uh, so Renee. Oh, no. 21st Sunday, ordinary time? Yes. And gospel for today is? Uh, I'm hoping they're going back to John. Although I know, didn't they back skip? Back to John. Didn't they? Because we were, okay, two weeks ago we were on John. Yeah. Then we had to skip John, the best Why? part. Because of the assumption, which is wonderful, so, but so <laughs> it kicked out like my favorite so you, gospel readings. But you're right. So we, we, all right. So we're in the middle of the bread of life discourse. Mm -hmm. My goal today, and never mind, I'll, I'll tell you that some other time. Okay. Don't make goals you can't meet on this show. <laughs> How we many do times that can enough. I say I do that so all the time. in the single episode of Ignition? <laughs> we can start counting. Be, all right. Everybody who's listening, no, start then counting. Then we can make a game out of it. We won't do that. Okay. Uh, right here is where I would say the <laughs> aforementioned word. No, normally. <laughs> Why? It, what we missed last week was where Jesus says, like he ups the ante. You mm -hmm. must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he says that three times. And and do you? And I think you probably. I, I bet you do. I'll be disappointed if you don't, Renee. Just tell you right now. No. Do you know the the Greek word that he uses for eat my flesh? Mm -hmm. Uh, actually has a, has a, a specific, very vivid yes. connotation in English. Yes. Do you know what it is? Nah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, right now, I don't remember what the Greek word is. I don't either. But it but it has that connotation of to gnaw on. I mean, it's a very visceral. Yeah. He means eat, right, literally. Right, right, right. So way back when, when we started, it's normally year B, uh, Mark's gospel, mm -hmm. but in, in the late teens of ordinary time, into the early 20s, um, so August, September-ish, we get the bread of life discourse from John's gospel mm -hmm. because Mark is a shorter gospel. So Jesus is talking to who? Like the, for the bread of life discourse, it's been, first of all, it's been where? Pop quiz hot shot. Where are we? Where are we? I don't remember. <sighs> Bill, help me. Where are we now? We're in the land of uh, Ephesians. No. Corinth? Oh. Corinth? No. No. Jesus never went to oh, Ephesus heavens. or Corinth. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Paul. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Ephesians is the second reading. Okay. 
Uh, I don't know. Oh. I don't know why I don't know. Capernaum. Oh, yes, that's right. Where in Capernaum are we? Uh, along the Dead Sea? No. Uh, no. Somewhere in a grassy spot? <laughs> <laughs> Show us the map, Chris. Show <laughs> yes, us the map. we need a map. We're in the synagogue in Capernaum. Oh, they are? I didn't realize yes, they were in the synagogue. they're in the synagogue. Okay. This is your favorite part of the, of the Bible? I only and pay you- attention to one part, apparently. <laughs> I can tell you he is talking to his disciples. Thank you. Now, that's People where I was really going. Him. People who are following him. Yes. And they're like, what the heck's going on? So that yes. gets us today's to today's reading. Yeah. Well, Many. Well, well, this is the gospel reading, right? Okay. So this is the one that your wife sneers at you the whole time while the priest reads it or the deacon reads it and says, yes. Why does your Continue. wife sneer at you? Okay. Bill must have looked ahead. What? Chris has a very confused look on his face right now for all those who cannot see the video. (laughs) Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, this saying is hard. Who can accept it? Again, who was that who said that? The disciples. His disciples said it. Since Jesus knew that his disciples... So is that what's... No, keep going. (laughs) Bill's hijacking this episode of... Bill's uh, running the show over here right now. I love it. (laughs) Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, does this shock you? And he goes on, the, the words I spoke of your spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning. Okay, I, I don't know what, I'm curious to see what Bill's talking about, but I'm going to keep going. Um, he knew those who would not believe those who would betray him. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life mm-hmm. and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the 12, do you, is this what? Said, no, so, I may have sent the wrong thing. <laughs> It's a second week of... That seems right. No. <laughs> that seems more right. That's the second reading. Is you're talking about reading? the second okay, reading. Yeah. That's Ephesians. That, That's then. why you're talking about Ephesians. Okay, so. Wives be subordinate that. to hus- your husbands. Yes. We're oh. not talking about that this week. That is a good one. You're right. The wives are like, hey, hey. Just, are you listening? A little couple of pokes with the elbow. Sorry, we're yes. both hijacking. Three. We'll talk about that in three years. Um, <laughs> Jesus said, then said to the 12, do you also want to leave? And Simon Peter answered him, master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. So, 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 what's happened here is the, we've got disciples who cannot wrap their minds Mm -hmm. around the reality of the Eucharist. Right. And they leave. Right. Simon Peter, the leader of the 12, the leader of the 12, says to Jesus when he says, do you also want to leave? Are you going to do the same things that those guys are doing? And and Simon Peter says to master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Simon doesn't say, no, Lord, because I perfectly understand that you're talking about the doctrine of right. the real presence. Transubstantiation is what this is going to become called in centuries to come. That is, that the matter of bread and wine uh, remain, but the substance has been... Re- I'm nope. thinking none of them knew what in the nope. world he was talking about. But they trust right. him and they're going to stay. Right. So we're wrapping up this sort of interlude in year B um, with John's gospel. And we've heard the Bread of Life discourse. And I love the, the, the conclusion here because, and this actually fits with Bishop's column for September's Bishop's mm-hmm. Bulletin. It's not about understanding in order to believe. It's about believing believing and then you understand because of it so we trust jesus and then we trust that he will uh, help us to understand 
That's some good stuff, Dr. B. Thanks a lot. You bet. Today in the studio with me is Cameo Anders. She is the Director of Estate Planning and in-house counsel for the Catholic Community Foundation for Eastern South Dakota. Welcome, Cameo. Thank you. Good job on that mouthful. <laughs> it is. That's a long title. And actually, even the foundation has a long name, so I just say the foundation. From now on in this show, it'll be foundation. Perfect. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Thank Good. you. Good. So we wanted to have you come in because you are fairly new to the um, Chancery Foundation, and uh, you have a kind of interesting job around here, I think. And I think a lot of people will be interested in what you can you can tell them and, and help them with. Because it's some things that we all have to, most of us will have to deal with at some point in our lives, which is end-of-life planning, um, estate planning, uh, charitable giving, those kinds of things. So I think this is good for everybody. So I'm excited. Well, good. I am too. Yeah. Good. Thank good. you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Okay. So let's just start. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got here? All that stuff. <laughs> right, sure. So, um, Cameo Anders, I'm an attorney. I have a master's in theology with a certification in bioethics. So, kind of that ca uh, Catholic bioethics and then end of life um, care piece is probably a passion of mine, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. um, I have a beautiful family, four kids, wonderful husband. Um, yeah, originally from West River, Rapid City area. And then ah. we moved to Sioux Falls and have made this our home for. Yeah, over 18 years now. Wow. So. Uh, my husband and I lived out in Rapid City for five years. Okay. Uh, so that was, actually, I would love to move back there. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful. If we could just take Sioux Falls and like put it in the Black Hills, that would be yes, great. That or would just be... make Rapid City just a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually grown quite a bit. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I Wonderful don't... place, yes. but beautiful. I Yes. I would agree with you. I miss the hills a lot. Yeah. But um, so you've been here a little while. Uh did you plan on doing the law and the theology or did that like come later? It kind of developed. Okay. So I've always had sort of an interest in Catholic teaching. I think it, you know, in as you go through life being curious about your faith and sort of developing it into your own, the Catholic Church has such a um, wonderful treasury mm -hmm. of answers to every question that you could encounter in yeah. life. Um, so I've always had that interest in understanding more and more. I think my mom fostered that really well too, and oh, just good. her understanding of the faith and mm -hmm. passing that on. So I then um, went into, I became a lawyer and practiced in that area, and that was enjoyable, but the faith piece really fulfilled what I, I wanted to do. Sure. So, so you went back to school for the theology degree while you were practicing law. I did. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> well, you know, you can do it online now and that's, that's true. much easier than if, yeah. <laughs> that's so. true. Because if you had to go to actual physical classes, that would have been really, It would have been difficult. Yes, yeah. Really difficult. Especially because you probably had some kids by then and yeah, yeah. So I actually just got my theology degree finished 2019. Oh, okay. So, so it's lots, been really recent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I bet you learned a lot. I would I love to do that. I just don't think I can do it. It's never go back too to school. late to go back to school. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Maybe someday. So what is your role at the foundation then? So my role is in-house counsel and director of estate planning. So kind of an overseeing of different legal issues that might come up, but um, probably 
mostly I spend my time in the estate planning piece of it. Okay. So previous to coming to the foundation, um, I practiced law in that area, helping okay. people draft their wills or trusts or different documents, powers of attorney. And so now my role is to sort of be a bridge to those professionals, the attorneys that are helping um, potential donors or donors developing their estate plan. Mm -hmm. And then I can sort of just be sure that their estate plan is weaved together well with whatever charitable giving piece they might have with the foundation. Um, if they have, you know, questions about different options, I can speak that language already. Sure. So I can communicate with the attorneys. With the, yeah. You know, how about if we, you know, put a charitable remainder portion into right. this trust or. Um, Which they aren't going to know to say, and you can then uh, help them with that part. Yeah. So you don't do the estate planning specifically. That's another estate planner. And like you said, you just kind of work with them in getting that link between that lawyer and the foundation. Yeah. And I think what I really enjoy about it is that I can take my knowledge of estate planning. Somebody else does the hard work, yeah. but then I can incorporate the faith piece yeah. into that. And yeah. I just really get to experience the generosity of people. Yeah. It's, um, so that's been yeah. a good shift for you. It has been. Yeah. 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 Has it, uh, has it changed your faith in doing mm. that? I mean, you haven't been doing it very long yet. So maybe that's a too early of a question. Yeah. Yet. You know, I, I think that it's deepened it, okay. you know, just experiencing the faith of others and, um, and the different ways that they support their, you know, ministries or, um, you know, sending a seminary into school, you know, just seeing yes. that someone wants to dedicate a portion of their hard work and, you know, life earnings to making sure that someone becomes a priest to serve mm -hmm. our diocese. Like mm -hmm. that's just a beautiful thing to be able to participate in. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely deepened my faith to be inspired by others' strong yeah. faith. Yeah. Are there more people out there willing to do that stuff than you realized or that you knew? Because I always wonder that. Like, I'm always thinking, gosh, who who does this stuff? Because I know there's people out there that do. It's not me yet. I'm not to that point. But, right. but I do wonder, like, is there a lot of people? That you know, I, I guess I don't have a big picture of that yet okay. because I'm new. But if we think about, you know, just who we're created to be as a human person, like we're created to give of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And one easy way to do that or one obvious way to do that is, you know, to give to our parish uh, financially. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I think that everyone probably feels a calling to give of themselves. Oh, sure. Yeah. And yeah. It's maybe so. just a more intentional thing when you're doing the estate planning. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Which is a good idea. Right. And I think everyone gets the message that an estate plan is necessary. Right. Um, whether you're a new family, whether you, you know, my son's going to turn 18 here and, you know, his, he's going to be mad about it, but part of his present is going to be, you know, some estate planning. You're like, oh, like, mom. Gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so really then what I hear you saying is it really doesn't matter how much money you are making right now, that the estate plan is really just a future plan for how you're going to treat what you earn and treat right. the, the gifts that God gives you. Right, exactly. And so, you know, let's say you're making a minimal amount and you just don't have extra funds, you know, to channel elsewhere because you're 
young family or whatever, you know, your estate plan isn't going to say, I'm going to give $10,000 to this. It's right. going to say, you know what, maybe um, I want to treat the church as one of my children. So regardless of how many children I have, I want one portion to go to what has fostered and nourished my faith mm -hmm. and hopefully my children's faith and my grandchildren's faith. So that estate plan structure can be set up now. Right. And then however much you have to pour into it at your death um, doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. That's a great way of saying that. Uh, I'm betting the regular estate lawyers don't say it that way. I don't so think they do. No. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> um, so is there a specific way that you kind of guide people in investing and giving in a Catholic way? Is there a, a theology, for lack of a better word, to, to guide that? Yeah, that's a good question, kind of to tweak it a little bit, but like, how do you discern? Yeah. You know, this. there's, a, there's definitely a spirituality to discerning how and where to give of your financial assets. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how much should I give? How, um, you know, one thing that I love about the foundation is that we have different, off, you know, gift planning officers mm -hmm. in all throughout the diocese in different, um, you know, Watertown and Yankton and Aberdeen. And they just enter into a relationship with the person who is trying to figure out how best to discern that question. Like how, how and where and what, can I give and what are the ministries that are really close to my heart? Right. So um, do I have a way of doing that? I think I would just take my cues from the people out, you know, in the field already doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, for, and it, it's not, it's not just, okay, let's meet with you and I'll tell you how you can give money. Right. But, you know, I've, I've heard stories about, you know, one of the gift planning officers went to, you know, a doctor's appointment with an elderly you know, a 93 year old lady mm -hmm. who just needed someone to be there with her. Right. And so to really enter into a relationship with that person yeah. and to be more than, than just, um, you know, raising funds, but mm -hmm. to actually be a friend and a support that remains with them. Yeah. I've heard so. those stories quite a few times from um, people from the foundation. So it, that's really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Cameo Anders, who is the Director of Estate Planning for the Foundation. So, um, now there's some end-of-life planning stuff that you deal with, too. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, that's really an interesting thing to me because, so my dad um, was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago, and uh, a couple years ago, and he was at Avera. And um, they started kind of going through some of those things with him. And he was asking me questions about it. And I'm like, geez, dad, I don't know. Yeah. So it's really good to hear about that from you. So can you tell us a little bit more about that part? Sure. So um, first of all, you know, what are my expertise in that area? I, I sit on a couple committees that deal with those issues and mm -hmm. kind of the ethics surrounding them. Um, and then I sit on a committee with our state bar dealing specifically with elder law. And so really sort of being in tune to how we can best serve our elderly population through sure. the law and through Catholic teaching, I think is um, a piece that I bring to the foundation that mm -hmm. would hopefully be useful. Um, but yeah, when you're trying to make those decisions, mostly medical decisions, so like in a healthcare power of attorney document, mm -hmm. you know, what decisions do I make and how do I make them and which are consistent with Catholic teaching? 
And um, that's the big question because that was his big question. It's like, I don't know what's yeah. consistent and who can tell me. Yeah. So I can tell him. Yeah. I can tell, yeah. you know, if people do have questions on that, definitely contact me because with my, you know, National Catholic Bioethics certification, that's a big piece mm -hmm. of what does church teaching say and how can I implement it? Right. Um, so thankfully our state law is really amenable or, you know, friendly to church teaching. Um, right. for example, if someone is having the difficult question of, should I remove treatment? Mm -hmm. You know, will that be hastening the death of my loved one? Right. You know, it's going to depend on the treatment. Um, the, the Catholic teaching will have some specific guidance on the removal of medically assisted nutrition and hydration, mm -hmm. which should be presumed to be always provided unless there is some um, burden, like a physical burden in providing it, or unless it's causing extreme pain and suffering, mm -hmm. then it can be removed right. from, you know, even consistent with Catholic teaching. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard um, balance to figure out. Yeah. So there are some guidelines, but every situation is just going to be different. Yeah, it's going to be circumstance yeah, yeah. dependent. And that's where right. someone like you can be super helpful. Yeah. So um, uh, now I know there, there are some Catholic teachings that are the basis, the underpinnings for this type of planning. Can, mm -hmm. you, can you tell us about some of those? Sure. Okay, so um, one great one that I would recommend reading is Samaritanus Bonus. Um, I think... The I probably slaughtered the Latin, so <laughs> hopefully nobody notices. <laughs> um, but it's the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith just put out a letter that really addresses end-of-life care. Okay. And it's a beautiful letter. So if you read that, it's going to give you kind of a, I want to say there's like 13 really specific nuts and bolts application of palliative care and mm -hmm. what that is and what it should be. Um, but it just offers this sort of culmination of church teaching on this issue um, and really offers some um, beautiful ways to apply church teaching when you're remaining at the side of a loved one right. who's passing away or when you are that loved one who's going through, you know, a difficult time, like your dad when yep. he went through cancer. And yep. I'm, I'm sorry for that. I know yeah. it's a difficult place to be. He's still here. And oh, he awesome. actually, um, I should have finished that story. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he is still here. He, uh, they thought he was only going to have a few months to a year to live. And actually they, um, all of the cancer is gone. Oh my gosh. So that... yes. Yeah. It was quite the miracle yeah. uh, for us. So he is still here. He's doing very well. He'll be on chemo for the rest of his life, but it, he tolerates it very well. And we're just super glad he's still here. Oh, that's a <laughs> for great. However long we get him. Yeah. So yeah, oh. it's been, it's been really good. And, and you know, the people at Avery were really great. I know that they've still been real good to him. So yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about uh, how you've enjoyed your role. Is there something specific that you've enjoyed the most so far as maybe different from your life as a lawyer before? Yeah, I, I think incorporating that faith piece mm -hmm. would be what I've enjoyed most. Um, just witnessing the generosity of others. Yeah. I've really enjoyed that. Um, being able to serve people in that role. I mean, there are questions like what? you know, what can I do that's consistent with Catholic teaching and to be able to provide them with a hopefully clear, well-reasoned answer, right. <laughs> you know? Um, but I, yeah, I really enjoy that piece of it to just good. be able to serve those who are trying to live out their faith. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Are there, um, sometimes probably your work is a little challenging, I imagine. 
Are there any saints in your life that you turn to regularly? Um, so I, as a mom of four kids, turn to Mary. Um, just, you know, in my daily failures, I'm like, okay, thanks for backing <laughs> me up because <laughs> she's got you. <laughs> she's got me. Um, but then, you know, St. Thomas More, patron saint of um, lawyers. Oh, okay, um, yeah. You know, he's kind of a go-to. I really like um, St. Raphael, the archangel. He's, oh. I think he's patron of like, healthcare workers. Um, but just, you know, I think it's maybe Tobit is the story where he just walks alongside oh, the right. person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I never thought about that one because uh, I haven't looked into Raphael very much. Well, look into him. I will. Uh, I will. <laughs> um, any other saints? Those are it. those are it. I know. Um, oh, so I really enjoy um, a Moscato wine, and there's actually a saint. I know. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't air this part. <laughs> oh, it's there. <laughs> but there's a Saint Moscati, who's like okay. the patron saint of human research. Um, oh. So part of what I do is sit on a board that oversees human research projects and sure. just make sure that, you know, informed consent is gained and that they're, you know, just kind of the safety of it. Um, and so I always pray to St. Muscati before, you know, engaging in that kind of work. Um, yeah. That's an so, interesting one. Uh, one of my favorites has always been uh, Padre Pio, who uh, um, was known for a lot of healings and so on and, and started some hospitals. So, yeah. Oh, that's a, he's a great I, one. There's so many great <laughs> people that have gone before us, aren't there? There are. Um, okay, we have a couple minutes left. Do you have any weird hobbies you can tell us about? <gasps> I just sprung this on her, so if she doesn't have any, I'm we're in trouble. <laughs> um, weird hobbies. But I think this I, always tells you a little bit about someone. Oh, right? so. <laughs> oh, you totally didn't prep me for this I question. I didn't. <laughs> My weird hobbies, I think I love reading John Paul II's encyclicals. Okay. Um so yeah, some of those are kind of difficult. <laughs> they are a little difficult. So I have to do it with, you know, a dictionary next to me mm -hmm. usually, or I guess update my, uh, you know, a cell phone so I can Google all the words. But, right. um, and I love reading U.S. Supreme Court cases. So kind okay, of- Okay, that's oh, weird. <laughs> right? That is kind of weird. But you're a lawyer, but so I'll like let it go. <laughs> John Grisham novels, if you get into them. Oh, sure. Yeah, they could be very, that's very riveting. True. Yeah, very true. Yeah. All right. How um, about you? What are your weird hobbies? Do I get to ask questions? <laughs> I love football. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a hobby, but <laughs> you turned that around on me. That was sneaky. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Cameo. I appreciate it. And how can people reach out to you? We should really say that. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm sure my information is available um, you know, through the foundation um, on their website, uh, I ccfesd.org right Bill? yeah, yeah. Um, I know my phone number you could call uh, my cell or my office and my cell is 605-366-2447 okay, so feel free to call or um, text that number um, or reach out to me yeah, great through those other ways great awesome thank you yeah. so much for being here yeah thanks for having me you bet all right. If you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at SF Diocese Anytime, or you can find us at sfcatholic.org. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic News.